This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 15th, 2019, and you know, we've been watching the news as we do every day. It's one thing I like to do. I, I like to read economic reports. I like to watch, read the financial news. I'm not too hip on the, on, on the political news, but I do pay attention because it affects stock prices. So I have to do that too, but that's not my favorite. But the news changes all the time, financial news especially. And that's one of the reasons why I like it so much, because it is constantly changing. And it's never exactly the same. Okay, we have cycles we go through, right? Economic cycles, stock market cycles. But the news that pushes these things around is different all the time. Anyway, there are lots of variables at play, and we're going to be watching it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to give you unbiased opinions about that thing, and guidance, too. I'm Steve Peasley, and thank you for joining me today, as usual. And I hope you'll give me a call. Want to talk to you? Ask anything, any investing questions you would like. Um, and then when you make that time, you make that time to make that call. You of course drive the show in any direction you want it to go. And as long as it goes in a financial direction, I'm all I'm on board. So I would love to hear from you. And of course, everything is geared toward us all making money and all achieving that goal of financial freedom. And sometimes that's pretty difficult, but it is doable. So give me a call. I'm going to take your calls right now. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Please call and ask your financial questions. And let me take a couple of seconds to thank the people that came to our KPP uh, Investor Learning Opportunity, our webinar, seminar, conference, whatever you would like to call it. Uh, it was very interesting. I I liked it. And we got some good feedback on it. It was last Saturday in our Irvine offices. So we love interacting with everybody and taking call questions from the audience and talking about what's going to happen. And I think our guest speakers were very, um, very well-spoken and informed. They're smart people that we had there. So I appreciate you showing up. I really do. And okay, I have some news. Uh, you know, I, as you know, I'm, I'm going back to New York City. The demand is there. And I will be there in person again uh, to, to conduct no-cost portfolio review consultations. And yes, I'm going to extend it. I've been having the uh, first day of November 7th. We had one day. Now I'm going to be there 7th and the 8th. So if you wanted to meet with me, you gotta, you got to... Get on, uh, get on the list before we run out of time again. And this will probably be the last time I'll be in New York this year because you got the holidays coming up. And we're all too busy for that to, to take time out of our days. I know I am. <laughs> so anyways, so, uh, so we'll be there November, and 7th, November 7th and 8th. And I'll be sitting down with listeners and we'll t- optimize our assets, talk about if KPP Financial can help them manage their assets, or if they can, if not, we'll just have a good conversation. Learn more, register now at investtalk.com. Okay, my name, main talking point today is, is the world economy sliding into the first recession since 2009? Is the world economy sliding into recession? 
It's wobbly. We know that. That's the big question. How wobbly? And what are the pros and cons of it might going into recession? We're still growing. And so we'll talk about that. Okay. I think that would be something that everybody wants to know and, and, and we'll share some information. Um, Berkshire Hathaway's cash position. Do you know how much cash that he has on hand? In other words, money he's not investing. Uh, I'm not, and there's a particular indicator he looks at, and he talks about it all the time. It's not any, anything of surprise, and this explains why he has as much cash as he has. So we're going to discuss that. Netflix is under attack. Will they survive? Will they thrive? So let's talk about Netflix. And when I say under attack, I mean competition. Hot and heavy. And the investing opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, and it, it, is, it is there, if we go into recession, it's going to be in this particular asset class, the opportunity of lifetime. You won't have this happen only a couple times in your life. And, I have to, and I'm talking about once the recession hits, if we get one, where to invest? What what's gonna what asset class am I talking about? Those are gonna be our talking points for today. If you don't call, these are what we're gonna discuss. But of course you drive the show. You your calls make it interesting. So I really would love to have your calls. And what happened to the market today? Well, market was up. The Dow was up two hundred and thirty seven. The NASDAQ up 100 and the SB up 30. So it's making a little run up here, everybody. Uh, is it is it exceeded the old highs? No, but it's awful close. Awful close. This is what it's done now two or three, four times since the high last September. Comes up, touches it, goes back down. Comes back up, goes down. Comes back. It's kind of trading sideways and it needs to break out to a new high. What will drive that? What what can do it? Well, we'll see. We'll see. So those are my plans. Now let's take a question from our Anytime Listener line. Number 888-99-CHART. Love the show. Thanks for everything you guys do. Just had a question on a couple of stocks, Exxon and Chevron. Uh, oil has been getting beaten up recently. Both yield more than 4%. I have a small position in each. I'm a long-term holder. 35, you know, would hold them probably 30 plus years. So just wanted to ask you guys about adding to my positions in these two names right now. You no know, oil is out of favor now, but long term, you know, they're trading toward the bottom of their range. So I wanted to get you guys' take. Thanks for all you do. Bye bye. Yeah, you really, you know, Axon Mobile, Chevron, these are big blue chip core holdings. And if you don't have enough of that position, you wait till it goes on sale and you buy some more. Right now, Axon Mobile uh, is going to make $4.32 next year after making $3.09 this year. But that's after making $4.92 last year. So it's going down, but then recovering. Uh, so. It, has it gone down far enough? That's really the question. And in the mid-60s is where, you know, it's it, it tends to put in a bottom, but it could go lower. The The value of the stock, it's right, it's a $69 stock, going to make $4.32. Okay, so that's what, a 15 PE based on next year's earnings? 
and the range is 12 to 45. So I think that's a pretty reasonable price and is paying 5% dividend. So this is a good price. Whether it goes down more or not, this is still a good price. I, I, if you owned it, I certainly wouldn't sell it. And if you want to buy some, this might be a bit, not be a, not a bad price. You realize when you're moving into recession, things fall. You know, especially uh, oil, cyclical kind of stock that it is. But maybe it's already fallen. Depends on how how depends depends on how deep, how far down, how much slow down we will have in the, in the world. But everybody knows that, and it might already be built into the price of ExxonMobil. We already know there's a weakness in the world. So remember when something's already when everybody knows something then whatever happens doesn't matter because they already anticipated it to happen. That's what I mean when I say everybody knows that the world economy is slowing down. Now it's a question, did they guess right at how much of a slowdown it's going to be? And thus priced into the ExxonMobil stock price. Is that priced in already? That's what I'm suggesting it might be. I'm Steve Peasley, and if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. It only makes sense. And that's the first step in building a more profitable, balanced portfolio that fits your risk parameters, yours, your specific needs as far as risk, your comfort zone. And it's easy. To calibrate, just go to our risk tolerance. It's easy to calculate your risk tolerance. Just go to our free online tool at investtalk.com. Riskalyze, we call it Riskalyze. That's the name. It's a questionnaire. It's a short, very short questionnaire. So go take it at investtalk.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and Steve and Justin thank all the Invest Talk clients and listeners who made time to attend the KPP Wealth Management Conference on Saturday. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Time to give me a call. We'll answer any financial questions that you might have. Okay, I'm going to look at some uh, benchmark numbers. Gold uh, at 1491. It's near its all-time high, but it's been you know kind of weak for the last month or so. And we'll see if it makes another run-up. It had a really sharp run-up up until about a month, month and a half ago for the year. And then now it's what we call consolidating. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Two-year Treasury yield, 1.62, and that's up, 1.62% up. And the 10-year Treasury yield is 1.69, and that was down. So seven basis points between them. And the the yield curve is proper. It's just not very far apart. Now, if you shop around multiple lenders and you have good credit, you might be able to find a 30-year fixed mortgage at 3.6%. I think that's going down, by the way. In our in our uh, seminar we had on Saturday, we had some real estate experts there, and they believe it's going down. Uh, and they, we all believe it's going down because the Fed is is lowering rates, and mortgage rates will probably follow it. 
And they believe that because of that, we won't have much of a slowdown in our real estate market. Might be a slowdown, but not much. Price is still going to be fairly high. They showed some interesting charts about the cost of rent and the cost of buying, and that generally drives prices one way or another. And so rent's going up high, and now it's supporting house prices. We'll see. Oil is uh, 52.91 a barrel, near its lows, about the same. Um, so no big deal. Gasoline prices, $2.64 nationwide. California, on average, is $4.17, just so you know. I mean, compare that to Illinois, $2.64 to ours, $4.17. Why is ours so much? We produce oil. Illinois doesn't. California produces it. I don't understand. Excuse me. Okay, um... In the in the U.S. in the U.S. investment in housing was was 11.3 percent in 2008, the highest in 20 years. Investment in housing investment, and most of those were small time investors buying houses and renting them out, buying property and renting it out. So that's going to help the housing market. That's not going to hurt it. So, will it help oversolve the overpriced housing situation? No. No, I think the houses are going to be overpriced. I just think it's the way it is. And millennials are fleeing the high rent in big cities, so maybe they're driving up rents in the rural areas. Who knows? We'll see. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The, consumer, the American consumer is pretty confident. Spending remains pretty strong. The newest read in the University of Michigan consumer sentiment is 96 which is good in October. People have jobs, they have money, so our economy should do well. Sales, sales are up 4.4% year over year. So that's, the consumer has money in his pocket and they're spending it. Remember, our economy is 70% consumer driven. No matter what other happens, you know, we know about the industrial side of our economies is slacking down two months in a row and that kind of recessionary. But it's the consumer that drives our economy, not manufacturing. This is Invest Talk, streaming live Monday through Friday at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time and available for free download at a podcast. 888 99Chart, give me a call. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Tim in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Tim? Doing well. How about you, Steve? I'm doing well. I appreciate the call. I really do. Thank you. Uh, thank you for taking it. Um, so I'm looking at EWG. Well, not specifically at EWG, mm-hmm. just uh, just investment in Germany. Is it too early uh, in their economic cycle to invest um in their economy, or 
or do you think now is a good time? I'm, I am so pleased you're actually asking that question. You're actually looking at Germany or, or Europe because they're in such big dire straits, really. It's not good there. Because that tells me you're looking for opportunities as opposed to just following everything that's gone up and let's let's go buy more of the stuff that's already gone up. This is a e, this is an ETF for Germany, everybody. Exchange traded funds taking performance corresponding to the MSCI Germany index, and Germany is probably in recession. Okay, now you'll notice that the chart is starting to perk up a little bit for Germany. Because remember, we are all looking forward, and so is Tim. Tim's looking out and saying, "Wait a minute, maybe, maybe the downside of this economic cycle for Germany is bottomed because we know they've had a. Remember, Germany is an export country. So what happened? Well, last week there was partial agreement with China. Remember, Germany exports to China pretty heavily. Also, Germany exports to us too. So." You know, the the thought is, well, maybe things have bottomed. So, Tim, I wish I knew if they were bottom, but I think the, the I think your thinking is correct. What I might suggest is you buy a partial position now, not a full position, because I think it could retest those bottoms again. I could see that happening. It may not, but I think it will. So, just in case I'm wrong and it won't retest it, I think this is a pretty good price to get in on the German economy. You've got to hold it, though, no matter what the headwinds are going to be. If recession gets worse or whatever for them, then you just hold it. You just hold on to it because it will recover. Tim, very good question. Thank you. EWG, the German ETF, everybody. My main talking point today, what is it about? The world economy sliding into recession, first recession since 2009. So, is it? Well, not quite yet. Um, IMF, International Monetary Fund, is set to cut its global outlook here shortly for the year, the year's growth. Before, it was like 3.2. Was that what I think it is? No. Um, At the start of 2018, here it is right there. At the start of 2018, they had it at 4.7%. But I think it was they lowered it to the threes, high threes. Now they're probably going to lower it to 2.2 in the third quarter. Now this is growth, 2.2% from 4.7% growth at the beginning of 2018. Okay, so the world economy is moving in that direction. Okay, but how bad will it be? What are some of the reasons? Okay, trade war. That's been the big headline. A, a worldwide manufacturing malaise. Trade war is part of the reasons for that. Geopolitics got in the way. U.S.-China, you know, trade war is one, but the U.K. and its Brexit from the E.U. is another issue. You had, you know, Hong Kong problems and, you know, with the, you know, with the protests. Argentina faced with another fiscal crisis. I mean, there's lots of issues around the world. And profits are shrinking. Stock markets, stock prices, stock markets do not like it when profits are shrinking. Now, what are some of the positive things? Well, there's more negative to it. What are some of the positive things? Well, first of all, the U.S. economy is still pretty strong. And it's big, huge. 
21 billion dollars and 21 trillion dollars versus the next biggest 14 in um, in China and then the next biggest is like five six and that's either Germany or Japan I don't remember which so you know we're we're huge so and we're strong so and there's been lots of hiring here in the United States there's no you know yes the hiring slowed down this year but we're still putting on more jobs. We're at record low unemployment rate. Record low for like 50, 60 years. Central banks are already already acting. Our central bank is acting. They're lowering interest rates. This, If they lower again this month, which I think they will, that'll be third time in a row. That may drive mortgage rates down to the low threes. Even I think I can see them going to the twos. We have partial agreement now with China. There's some movement on the trade war. I'm getting that passed. And there's not a lot of excesses. You know, uh, usually when you're, when you're slumping in the economy, it's from being over, you know, overgrowth, overproduced. We really don't have that. Anyways, I'm sorry I didn't hear that. Okay. We're getting close to the break, so I want to squeeze in the trivia question before the break, and it's about Costco. Costco is determined to keep its in-store rotisserie chickens, I've had those, I'm sure you have, priced lower than all its competitors. It is really pushing hard on that. So if you're a Costco investor, you might like to know how much money they make on rotisserie chickens. Well, they don't make anything. They lose money every year on these chickens. The question is... How much do they lose every year? How much do they lose on their chickens? 888-99-CHART. Be right back. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk. Here's good news for listeners in the New York area. Steve Peasley is making appointments for his in-person and no-cost portfolio review consultations. 
Steve will be in New York City on Thursday, November 7th and Friday, November 8th. Is your portfolio performing at its full potential? For best times, register now and learn more at investtalk.com. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. So, what was the, what's the trivia question answer? Remember the question? It's about Costco chicken. Okay, so how much chicken do they sell, and how much money do they lose because they don't make money on those chickens? Competitors have increased their rotisserie chicken prices to five ninety nine or higher in recent years, but Costco has held the price at just four ninety nine. But this tactic to use the low-cost chickens as a way to lure people in the store is costing them big bucks. The company says it has been sacrificing from 30 to $40 million annually on, on gross margins. Okay, how many lost leader rotisserie chickens did Costco sell in 2018? 91 million of them. Okay, this is double the number from a decade earlier. They're probably on track to sell 100 million this year. So if you do the math, $5 per chicken, Costco's chicken sales account for about half a billion dollars. And they're losing money on it, big time. Guess what? They, you know, since production is tough, they're going to start making and growing their own chickens. Costco has opened a production facility of 450 million poultry complex in Nebraska. So they want to control from, from the birth to... You, the customer, the whole system. Interesting. I like their chickens. Pretty good. Let's go to Jeff in Lexington, Kentucky. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, doing well, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Taking my call. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve, love the show. I uh, just wanted to get your opinion. Um, I'm 40 years old, and I kind of have a funny way that I started investing. I'm from Camelsville, Kentucky, and Amazon has has a distribution center there. So even out of high school in 98, I invested with them early, stuck with it. I literally just invested in them in my Roth IRA growing up. But I've gone to index funds, and I'm wanting to add, and I have added the last five years, a position in FREL in real estate. But I know that you really like, and I, I agree with you, uh, medical REITs. And I've noticed their holdings is kind of small compared to REZ, the iShares residential REIT, which, if I'm not mistaken, 35% of the holdings within REZ reflects medical uh, REITs like MPW and others. And I was just curious what your thoughts were because I have a decent sizable holding in FREL to maybe sell that, wait till there's a somewhat of a downturn and buy REZ and keep and hold and contribute that for the long haul. And I'll, I'll, I'll hang up and listen to your call. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Actually, I don't think that's a bad idea. Uh, FREL, the one you own, is exchange-traded funds seeking investment results corresponding to the MSCI USA Real Estate Index. So, you know, uh, it's a good broad-based real estate index. And what you would be switching for was a little bit more uh, targeted in, uh, ETF in real estate. Um, and I kind of like the target, the, the, the medical target. 
And I like it because of the fundamentals that are pushing it. And that's us, me, baby boomers. We have so many of us, and we're going to be needing more and more medical facilities, assisted living homes, hospitals, you name it, we need it. And that feeds right into a stronger um, medical REITs, you know, that, that they will provide that kind of stuff. So I think the... Uh, the fundamentals look strong for the future in the field. And yeah, you could don't have to sell it now, but put maybe follow it with a tight stop, that F-R-E-L ETF you have. You know, maybe a 10 or 20-day moving average, it breaks down. Jeff, I appreciate it. By the way, I'll be in Kentucky in May. Why will I be in Kentucky? I have relatives getting married. I have a niece who will be getting married in Kentucky, and I'm going to the wedding. Never been to Kentucky well, let me rephrase. I might have been through Kentucky because so I've driven cross country a couple, three times when I was very young. Crossed both two times, back and forth, back and forth. I don't remember Kentucky. I know it's supposed to be beautiful, but I've never been there, so I'm looking forward to that trip. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Appreciate it. Now, let's keep things moving with another caller. Call question from our 888-99 chart line. Hey, guys. Uh, big shout out. Love your podcast. Quick question. I'm 26 years old. I basically have about 4K uh, saved up, but I know the Fed has cut interest rates, so I thought it'd be a terrible idea to just let my money sit in a savings account. So I wanted to know what I should do with some of money that I have, whether to just buy stocks that have high-paying dividends, like Pepsi or McDonald's or AT&T, stuff like that. Basically, my goal is to just kind of like not do much with it and just leave it somewhere and have it just grow over time. I currently don't have any retirement accounts as well, no 401k matching, no Roth IRA. But yeah, I just wanted to know what I should be doing with this money that I have. Uh, looking forward to your answer on the podcast, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay, you probably shouldn't buy individual stocks because you don't have enough to get properly diversified. Uh, but So I would suggest an ETF, a few it may be two ETFs. Um, if you're looking for dividends, I have a list of dividend-paying ETFs, but you're kind of young, so I don't know if I would concentrate on dividends. I, I want to. I would concentrate on maybe a, a value and a, a, a large-cap growth and maybe a, a mid-cap value fund ETF, um, something that would give you more returns than just focusing only on dividend payers. Usually, dividend payer ETFs or dividend payer stocks are big blue chip stocks, which are nice. They're safe and comfortable you know, most of the time. And I like owning them. There's core holdings. You should have them. But you should have about 15 stocks at the minimum. 15 to 25. I'm more comfortable with 25. And you just don't have enough money to get there yet. So you got to grow that pile of money, then move into the individual stocks when at the proper time. Okay, but get started. You have to get started. Trust me, if you don't get started early, you, you know, you're going to be kicking yourself. So go ahead and get started. And expect it to go down. Don't expect it to always go up. It doesn't always go up. But you got to live through those downturns. And sometimes they last a long time. A year, two years, three years. They're going to last a long time. Don't worry about it. Just keep investing more. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, how about Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, has in, in about mid-year they had a 122 billion dollar cash position, his highest cash position ever, and ever since then he's been adding to his cash position. Now why? 
Well, because there's a particular indicator that he watches very closely. And that's a, a comparison with the GDP and the Wilshire 5000 index. So he's comparing the gross domestic product of the United States with the stock market pricing. Okay, so you don't really have to know more than that, but I can tell you the readings, okay? Like in 2000, the year 2000, before the market fell, the reading was 137%. Okay, so the market was way overvalued compared to the, G, the GDP. In 2008, when the market before the market crashed in, it was 105. Okay, so after 100, 2007, the market fell, right? Fell, 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 and then, and then what did it fall down to? Well, before it rose to 137, in, in 1995, remember 2000 it peaked, 1995, it was 60. Then it went to 137 before the fall. Okay, so then it fell. What did it go down to? Went down to 73. What did it go up to before the crash in 2008? 105. Okay, so then it fell again. Where did it, how far did it fall from that 2008? It went down to 56%. What is it today? 139, higher than it was in the dot-com. About 40% higher than the median. That's why he's producing so much cash. He feels the market is way overpriced compared to the GDP of the U.S. He's going to wait. Now, two things can happen. The market's going to fall, which would be the most common thing, or the GDP has to skyrocket, and the market stays the same. Could be a combination of both. But the question is, is why is he sitting on so much cash? Because he's having a hard time finding bargains out there in a market that he feels is overpriced. It's that simple. No, it's not rocket science. <laughs> I keep telling people. What it is is discipline. You've got to say, okay, I know, you know, he's missed a big punk, punk, big chunk of the recent move in the last few years. He did really good coming out of the recession, but then after that, he started to slow down a few years after that, and he's been very cautious since. And to be honest, I have been too, and it's been tough because you want to get more of the market performance, but you know it's overvalued. It's hard to keep that discipline. It's hard. So be careful out there, people. Just be careful. Okay, that's a, one of our main talking points there. I like that one. I really do like that one. I'm CP, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you're interested, interested in the importance of unbiased guidance and opinions, and that's what we provide here on Invest Talk. And of course, I encourage you to subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter. I write that and distribute it every Friday. In the newsletter, you get valuable information. I think you get a, it comes out every Friday. So it comes out every Friday. And I talk about the week's events, the economics numbers for the week, what's important, what's not important. Don't, you know, there's a couple of stock ideas every week. There's um, some hints on how to manage a portfolio. And there's a consumer why, something about be careful with consumers or something benefiting consumers, something in there about consumers. And you subscribe to it by going to investtalk.com. I'm ready to take your calls, any of your questions, as long as they're financial. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Here's good news for listeners in the New York area. Steve Peasley is making appointments for his in-person and no-cost portfolio review consultations. Steve will be in New York City on Thursday, November 7th, 
and Friday, November 8th. That's right. Due to strong demand, Steve has added a second date in New York. Is your portfolio performing at its full potential? Steve can show you how to get it optimized. For best times, register now and learn more at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Anytime listener lines are open, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Travis from uh, Beaverton, Oregon. I'm calling today uh, in regards to ticker symbol C-O-K-E, Coca-Cola Corporation. I uh, bought this back at the Q2 earnings with some cash that I've been kind of deploying for opportunistic buys. Their earnings came out incredibly strong and shot up to about 380 at one point. I got in about 291. Ended up missing my sell opportunity as it kind of continued to peak. What do you see as the outlook for Coke and, you know, based on the technicals? And am I better off just trying to get rid of this when I get a positive back into it, you know, that'll cover the, the cost of the trade? Or is it better off to maybe hold out until November at the next earning cycle and see if we get another jump? Just curious how to play this opportunity. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'll listen for the answer on the show. Okay, this is Coca-Cola Consolidated, uh, C-O-K-E, Coke is their symbol, produces non-alcoholic beverages primarily under the brand's license from the Coca-Cola company. There's another Coca-Cola company. They are produce the syrup usually. I think that's what how they split it up. One produces the syrup, the other produces the beverage and sells the beverage. So this was the one that produces the beverage and sell it out there. Um, so the question is, is you know, is this a good price? Okay, well they're going to make this this year, 2019, they're going to make $10.74 a share. Next year they're going to make $11.73 a share. It's a $287 stock. So you're looking at a pretty expensive stock, about 40 plus PE. So it's not cheap, even even though it's come down from its peak that was much higher, three, 380 or so in August. Um, and let's see, back in May, it was at the high you mentioned, 390 or so. So it's been, it's been pretty expensive stock. And it always has been because it's a, the brand name is just stellar, right? We know. I, I wouldn't, uh, it's right now at the 200 day moving average. Okay, and there's a lot of consolidation at about 280, 290, 280 to maybe 300. A lot of consolidation there. You have to be patient. I think you wait to see if it holds that. I think I'd wait another month or two just to make sure it holds this price. Um, because I think it, it, you know, it's right there at the 200-day moving average. It breaks below that, then I'm, I'm having much less confidence in it going higher anytime soon. And, you know, it... It is kind of cyclical uh, because of, you know, beverages. People buy less in a recession, more when they're happy. But it's not that cyclical. And the growth rate is about 4 or 5%. You know, it's come down from a year ago. So I'm, it's hard for me to get excited about it because it doesn't pay much of a dividend, three-tenths of a percent or one, not even a 1% dividend. So I, I'd be patient. I don't want to be a big rush. Okay. Okay, 888-99 charters our number 888-992-4278. Um, do you have a security camera at home? If so, Amazon is te- uh, teams up in India and Romania will be watching your cloud cam footage. Did you know you're being spied on? 
And what's amazing is people don't care. That's what amazes me. I mean, there's a lot of information we can talk about, but they can, they're being spied on. You don't even care. It's not government. Well, maybe government is too. I don't know. But you are being spied on. This is the best talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. Whatever that goal is for you, but that's what we're after. And, of course, our work will continue after this break, so get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk with Disney Plus and Apple Plus debuting soon, is Netflix a must-have staple or will consumers consider it a disposable substitute product? That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. Thank you for everything you guys do. You guys do a great job on the podcast. I listen to it every day. Uh, I wanted your opinion on Old Republic Insurance, stock symbol ORI. I've noticed that it has a great uptrend over the years. So just wanted your take on it. Thank you. Well, I've owned this in my own uh, 401k forever. I mean, we're talking years, many multi-years. Um, and I like it. I like what uh, it's a very solid blue chip company. It's a $7 billion company. Offers property and casualty liability insurance and title and mortgage guarantee insurance. It, it makes money. It's consistently consistent in its money. I mean, it. it there's had has had had years where it's lost money, but it's usually rare, and it's just a slow, steady grower. It's at twenty three dollars sixty five cents now. That's a fifty two week high. I actually, hit the fifty two week high. Yeah, today, today it's going to make a dollar ninety five next year. Twenty six twenty three dollars stock. Okay, so what's that? Twelve. The five year PE range is ten to eighteen. So even though it's gone up most of this year. And it doesn't go up like a skyrocket or anything. It doesn't do that. It, the low of this year was like a $19, and here it's at 23 But while you watch it slowly grow up like that, go up like that, you're collecting 3.4%. So, you know, over the years, I'm getting a 10% return on this stock pretty consistently. And there's been a couple of years where I've lost money, but it's pretty consistent. I like that part. ORI is a symbol, everybody. Old Republic. Not fantastic, but consistently growing their money. I love, I love that. And so I think you should too, by the way. Okay, the investing opportunity of a lifetime awaits us when the recession arrives, whenever that happens. And I say when because we've always had recessions. It's going to happen. We just don't know when. What's this opportunity well, I'm talking about? Okay, think about what's happened over the years since 2009, the last recession. The Federal Reserve lowered, lowered, lowered rates. Then did QE. Did all kinds of things, pushing the rates lower and lower and lower. In recent years, all these companies have been borrowing, borrowing, borrowing very cheap money. Okay, they've been issuing bonds because it's cheap. Now you have all these weak companies out there, and I say weak financially, been issuing bonds at very low rates to keep themselves going. Many people reserve, re, refer to these companies as zombie companies. They keep going because they keep, keep getting fresh, cheap money. 
So, there's tons of it out there. Um, what they've done now is borrowed money, bond money. 50% more leverage than in 2007. 50% more. We're talking about junk bonds, everybody. So, uh, many borrowed cash to grow the business, but not to grow the business, but to buy back their stocks, to drive the stocks up. Buybacks. How much debt is out there? This triple B or triple B or less debt. The triple less the junk right on the junk edge. Well, triple B. There's three trillion out out there. Uh, three trillion worth. So what happens when the market goes down? Are we going recession? That triple B will be marked down to jump. Junk can be below triple B. What happens when that happens? What happens is a lot of funds, a lot of pensions now have to sell their bonds into the market because they're, they can only carry quality bonds. So what you're going to see is a flood of these things that are right on the edge of quality, triple B, are going to be junk, and they're going to have to sell, and all of a sudden you're going to have a massive run. It's going to drive the prices way below their value. There's going to be some defaults, quite a few defaults, after that happens, now you can pick up these bonds at 50 cents on a dollar. The ones that are surviving, that's the opportunity. That's the opportunity, everybody. It's there. Now it's a question, can you take advantage of it? But you got to be patient. you just got to be patient. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. I will return tomorrow and on Friday. Okay, so... I will have highlights from the new KPP news. Actually, I will not be returning tomorrow. I will be here Thursday and Friday. Justin will be here tomorrow. Okay, so I'll be here Thursday and Friday. And I'll be reading the highlights of the KPP newsletter on Friday when I'm there. Remember to remind your friends and family to listen to the show. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.